Hey, what's going on, family? Before we begin this uh, podcast, I just wanted to clarify one thing. When I said pernicious, I'm not saying that pernicious means different. What I mean is that the attitude that is gradually harmful is different from the usual attitude that this particular person that I'm going to be bringing up you typically has. So I just wanted to clarify that before this begins so there's no confusion. All right, enjoy the episode. What's going on, family? This is Technico coming at you with a little rant. I got to talk about this stuff. I got to talk about Negroes who always want to show up at the wrong time. Negroes that want to rain on the parade, that want to bring everybody down, that want to shift the focus. And some of them do it on purpose, and you know what we call them. C-double-O-N's. Indeed. That's what we call them. But I'm not talking about just them. I'm also talking about a certain type of individual. Certain type of Negro. And the reason I'm calling them Negroes because that's the mind state that they want to keep themselves in. It's an insult I understand. I'm not trying to take away from that. But what I'm trying to illuminate is the fact that their mind is still stuck. Fear and massa. Fear and massa in a very pernicious way. When I'm saying when I'm saying pernicious, I'm saying this is different than a regular fear. There's always been a fear of what the dominant society was going to do to us or what could they what they could do to us. But when you hear people talk about hey, what we need to do is educate our kids on so this people don't happen. So this for these people who've historically been killing us, you know what I'm saying? All they want to do is preach more that hide and you know just kind of avoid them and i've already talked about this we we spend our lives avoiding them now i'm not preaching conflict but what i'm saying is that actions must be taken things must be done you guys already taught heard me talk about it at nauseum that objective reasonableness you also heard me talk about the bias, the bias that's in every human being. But in the court of law, it doesn't apply to the police officer when they're doing their job unless you can prove it. Why should I have to prove a fact? Why should I have to prove that human beings are flawed? Why should I have to be convinced that 800 or 1200 or so, how many, so many hours an officer has to train to have that position? How many years they're in that position? Why do I have to believe that that makes them immune to critique, immune to mistakes? And if that is the case, if they truly have that ability, if they truly have that capacity, then why can we not hold them to a higher standard because of the power and the authority that they wield? It just doesn't make sense. But you got Negroes 
that want to support the BS. And that's what I was talking about, family. I was worried about this. I was worried about this. I was worried about us not being able to see the same situation if it's not as clear cut. See, that's what shows me that many of us are not educated on what's happening, on why it's happening. I have to continue remi- continuously remind the family about the differences, the dichotomy between how whites are treated to how blacks are treated. It seems sometimes we, just like the whites in a different way, get stuck in our own reality. We get stuck in the only way of being. That's so wrong. That's not how we should live. That's not how we should be. It's what we call racial battle fatigue. Because you're getting tired. We get so tired of calling out the white man. Getting so tired of fighting the white man. Been fighting this white man for hundreds of years. We get tired. Why can't we just chill? I just saw another video. This is the stuff that's making me upset. And I had to catch myself. I have to be a little honest with you, family. I almost caught myself debating. In fact, I was debating. I had to pull myself away from it. But I was so incensed by the things I was I continually see, even on major pages. I'm starting to see this one video talking about black love and all, oh, you know, tough love is not what we need. And, it's, I, and I understand what people are trying to say. But that's not in, in reality. That's not in the reality of the situation that we're in. We can't be feeling like that. I understand the desire. What in capture person doesn't want to be free? I get it. But we're not there yet. We have so much more work to do to get to a point where we can be that comfortable. And every day, every situation that happens should be a reminder of that. Because our people, our babies, our children, our women, our men are not treated the same way as everyone else. You can say what you will about Makia Bryant. But I saw the video. I saw an officer within arm's reach watch another girl get kicked after she was pushed. And instead of doing anything to intercede, as soon as the conflict happened, as any peace officer should or would do, when the girl starts going at the other girl, he issues a command for her to stop and doesn't even give her chance to comply. Why, why would you even issue a command if you didn't have time for her to comply? Why didn't you just simply act? Oh, wait, he did act. Bang, bang. Now she's gone. That's what, that's what his, that's what, yeah, was his reaction. That's what it was, family. We all saw it. Less than five seconds. You could, I couldn't even get to five before I see our poor sister hit the floor, hit the ground. They just sitting there looking at her. That chief said they went over there and performed CPR. It took them several seconds. They were just standing there looking at her. The officer that shot her went over there and touched, grabbed her on the ankle, touched the ankle. 
I didn't see any concern for her life. But there was never any concern for her life to begin with. He wasn't concerned with the fact that it was her. It was the woman that he shot. It was the young girl. Excuse me. Let's keep this in perspective. The young girl, 16 years old, that he shot, that he actually called the police. And I'm not asking for him to read the entire situation. I'm asking for different decision-making when it comes to our people. Not asking, I'm demanding. And we're going to get it. Tired of asking. Because when you keep asking someone who wants to punch you in the face to stop punching you, what do you think they do? They keep punching you until they're ready to stop punching you. And these people ain't done punching us. They're not, they're far from done. They've shown no sign of stopping. So many other things could have happened. So many other things that we've seen happen, yet we forget. Yet we choose to consider something else, to see other things. How ridiculous is that? We've, we've begun to accept the excuses that they make for shooting us down when she had a knife. So what? What happened to all those hours of training? What happened to those officers, the, the, that kind of attitude when you taking a knife from somebody else? What happened to preserving life? Or are you just going to keep showing us that our lives didn't matter? And that's clear. That's what I feel. I feel like it didn't matter which sister it was. Because that's how disconnected they are from us. This is crazy. It's crazy. And it's like the more that we live next to them, the more that we live with them, the more that we begin to think like them. Is that what we want? Thinking like them? Do we even know what that really means? No, we don't. We're slowly walking back into the cages. We're doing it willingly because we're afraid. It goes back into that concept I was talking about, about oppressive systems and the need to use violence to oppress them. Yeah. So what I saw today was that very thing. It it was people reacting from fear. People reacting from the violence and wanting that violence to stop. And not feeling like they have the strength. We have the strength to get past this violence, to get past this system that's doing this to us. Yes, we can. I'm here to tell you 
Yes, we can. We don't got to worry about that no more. We worried about the wrong things. We worried about death, but we're not thinking about the life that our children are going. Our children are going to live. We can't be thinking about death when the lives of our children and our grandchildren are at stake. We can't fear death. We can't fear doing what needs to be done. We can't fear standing together. You know, it's like a stack of dominoes. As soon as one gets shaky, they're all gonna fall. And if we all thinking about the other one falling, then we all get shaky. It's time for us to stand together, stand strong and resolute. I know we got it in us. I know we're tired of it. I see it, I feel it. We can get past this. We just have to know we can do it. We just have to see where the blows are coming from. And then we'll be able to defend ourselves. Then we'll be able to counterattack. And once we get our counterattack, we'll be able to launch our own offensive. You see, they don't have no idea what that truly means. See, when we renaissance, it is something special. And the world has been waiting for it. It's time for us to be us. It's time for us to be who we really are. It's time for us to rise up and take what is ours, our freedom. That is your right. Who are these people to take that from you? That's all they're doing when they shoot us down. That's all they're doing. Trying to remind us that they are the ones in control of our lives. They are the ones that are in control of our destinies. They are not. We can fight this. Peace, love, and light, y'all.